This is episode 17 of Rev Thoughts, snackable conversations between Tim Thompson and myself, Joel Pilger. Our topic today is sometimes I don't want to be the owner. All right, you ready for this? <laughs> I don't know. Am I? This is a this is a pretty challenging question, but you know, 20 years of business ownership, there's definitely you definitely had days like this. Um you know, sometimes you just don't want to be the owner. Like there's just some days you wake up and you say, you know, I don't want to be the owner. I, I want to be like other people or when I go on vacation, I want a real vacation or I don't know. There's just days like that. For sure. Remember days like that? I remember those days. Sure. Well, if you're asking me, do I remember those days and what are they like? First of all, the challenge of being an owner is it's very often a lonely road. Mm-hmm. And so you often are, are searching for that, that ally, that advocate, uh, because you're stuck in what I call the squeeze, right? You got clients on this side all breathing down your neck and you have employees on the other side of you also breathing down your neck for everything they want. And you're like, there's days when you feel like, well, who's, who's looking out for me? Who's taking care of me? And the, those are the days often when you might say, can I just be like one of my employees? Or can I just be like one of my clients and not have to have all of this caught in the middle tension and struggle? And of course, those are generally the days when you have to make decisions and you just feel like, really, I don't know. (laughs) I just don't know. And I don't feel like it. I don't feel like even figuring it out because I'm just, I don't know, I'm tired or, um, you know, this, it just never ends. It's relentless. Yeah. It's like you, there are definitely the days that you just want to avoid. You know, it's the day I have to confront somebody, lay off an employee, deal with a bad client, call a lawyer, about a lawsuit, whatever, just just bad days. Um, And I find those days, you know, although they're bad days, they're not the ones that really drag you down. They're not the ones that make you wish away ownership. Those are days that you just don't like having to do the job that you do. But I feel like everybody that has a job position has a day like that. They have to confront something they don't want to confront. Um, But then there's the days that you just don't have the energy to be the owner. You're looking for a source of inspiration. You want a reason why you're doing it. You want... um, sometimes you feel like you're, you're not, you know, you're not comfortable in your own position and you want someone else to just take control in charge of it. And you just want to do what you do for a living, be the creative guy or be that um, visionary writer woman that you are and get yourself out there and do the thing that you fell in love with and not be stuck with, Oh shoot, that same routine, that same idea, that same method that I've been doing over and over again. And that, you know, systematic, draining business ownership life. Yeah. Well, what's, what's, what's beneath that? I mean, what, um, is it simply that as the owner, sometimes you're faced with these various forks in the road, like maybe, you know, should we keep this office space or should we let it go? And often both seem reasonable and both are good but somebody has to make the call and you're the only one that gets to make the call. And by the way, you get to bear all the consequences if you're wrong. 
Well, you know, I, I have a feeling, um, I wasn't thinking of this originally, but from that point of view, I have a feeling that's why some of our small groups are so popular. The stuff that we do in confab in small groups allows people who are in the same position that you are, thinking the same stuff you have and dealing with the same issues, to be in that small group and process with others um, is nice. It's great to hear that other people are dealing with the same issues and that loneliness factor of uh, that you feel sometimes of like, I'm the only person dealing with this. Everyone else around me gets to just do their day job. You can understand how community can play that out. I, you know, it's uh, the, I think Confab small groups does it well. I think um, our dinners do it well. When you're mm -hmm. sitting around the table and we bring the, the business owners together, that, that dynamic of looking at people like you sure does help. And that processing out loud sure does help in a, in a, safe, in a safe environment. Well, one, I think you, uh, people gain permission to just emote, right? To say, this is how I feel. And there's people around them saying, yeah, yeah. I've felt that too, or I'm feeling that too, or I can imagine what that feels like. And then there's always somebody that's been through it before and they say, oh yeah, you know what? I went through that. I, here's where the pros and cons or the trade-offs that I had to process. And I ultimately made this decision. I don't know if that's the right decision for you, but here's what I do know. You're going to be fine. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's enough just to free up the owner to say, oh, I'm going to be okay. And my team is going to be okay. And my, my life is going to go forward. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know that some of the COVID crisis that people have been dealing with, it's nice to be in community. So you're not, you can get like a, a check of the temperature around you. Uh, what's the environment like? Are, are we going to be okay? Globally, how are things going? Even though my company might, might be hurting right now. Um, and get a sense of what the, you know, like environmentally what's going on. I think uh, we at Rev think we have a little bit of a different position where we, because we're working with so many business owners around the world, you know, sometimes we have a, just a different perspective of, oh, I can see why you're feeling that way where you are. But outside of that echo chamber, we can see a different wave coming towards you or different opportunities you may not be seeing. And we get that kind of coach bird's eye view of direction um, and visibility. Um, I think there's, there's something, um, I think that that, you know, again, kind of go back to the original idea, like there's something knowing that it's okay around the corner. It's okay over the top of this hill. On the other side, it's, you know, as desperate as, as you might be feeling in the moment. Um, that's nice to have that connection as well. Maybe there, I could use like a doctor analogy here. And that is, you talk about the way owners feel right now because of COVID or for other reasons. But I'll just say this, that you know, it's one thing to talk to a friend and for them to say, yeah, I know how you feel and I understand how you feel. And I've felt that way before, but it is another thing when someone like a doctor puts a stethoscope, you know, puts a, a blood pressure cuff on your arm and has some sort of information saying, here's why you feel the way you feel. That's a different level of insight that you, that I think is actionable. And that, that is almost the next level. And I know a lot of what, you know, you get excited about and I get excited about is the idea of, well, is, is your day, is your week, are your weeks, are your months just ruled by essentially one crisis after another? 
and you show up as the owner and you figure it out. You may not like it, but you, you make a decision, you move forward. It's what I call putting the tourniquet on the, the wound that's bleeding out. But hey, when you patch that up and you get back to work, it does feel pretty good. So there's a feedback loop that says, hey, I'm pretty good at my job. But yeah, clearly, I mean, that's identifiable. Yeah, you, want to, you definitely want to get to the place where you realize, I don't know that me living my best life is just every day going to the ER so they can put a tourniquet on me and stop me from bleeding out. Yeah, just in case. Yeah. Right? It's a, yeah. Yes, it's working and you're alive, but I don't know that that's, that's, that was, was that the dream when you started this journey? You know, it's funny. Uh, it makes me smile because I was just talking to someone last week and they're in an unusual cash flow position where they have a lot of cash now, but um, over the next eight weeks, it doesn't seem like a lot of projects are going to come in. And um, I, I was advising them to get, take the cash out of their checking account. Almost like you have the winnings, remove it now. It was a little bit of tension because they basically were saying, no, this buys me the eight weeks I need in order to kind of get through this cycle. And I feel like what they were doing, to your analogy, was they weren't yet injured. So they just wanted to put a tourniquet on just in case they needed it and had that safety net. And I was encouraging them of, know that what you believe you're going to do, which is give you that safety net, it's going to make you soft. It's going to slow you down. And then I guarantee you're going to have the same problem eight weeks from now that you have right now. Um, you're just postponing it and you'll be out of cash. So can we just deal with today's issue today, which is you have no projects in house and house. And if we absolutely need the cash, it's uh, it, you know, we can deal with it, but that there is something of how we want to um, hold on to something or always have some safety. The other one I think of is, I'll call it the hypochondriac owner, where they, they think they always have a problem when they actually don't have one. Then you're like, uh, you actually are just fine. Just get back to work. But they, you know, there's little stuff that they feel or they're, and again, like in their head or in their bubble, and they don't know where else to get that. Um, outside voice from. So to say like, no, you're actually just okay. Vitamin C levels are great. Vitamin B levels are do what they need to just eat healthy and keep on going kind of a advice is what they need. Well, are we, are we, are we, uh, are we simply getting to the, the moral of the story is that there's something deeper that if you can see it, you're in a position where you can look ahead and say, Hey, 12 weeks from now, if I've burned all this cash and I still don't have any projects, am I going to be happy? <laughs> I think the answer is no, heck no. Or 12 weeks from now, if I'm, uh, if I'm just nervous and anxious and, and all these 12 weeks I could have relaxed, but instead I stayed uptight and anxious because of this daily crisis feedback loop. Will that make me happy? And the answer is no. So what's the... What's well, the, yeah, because you kind of hit it. If I have, if I have all the money I need to and no projects, I'm anxious because I need projects. If I have all the money I need to and all the projects I need to, I'm anxious because I have a lot of work to do. And if I have a lot of projects and I have no money, I'm anxious, <laughs> right? So like in reality, like there's a, there's a baseline here of what it means to manage your business. And I think you're right. There is something about visibility. Like what gives me confidence to give other companies advice is that I know how to read their cash flow. I know how to put a, a cash board in place so I can create visibility into a, into a future 
and start controlling that or to build a roll up for somebody and look down the project list, look at the profitability margins and, and know what's out there. I know how to open pipe drive, look at sales projections. So I, I never run a business looking at QuickBooks reports of what was P&L. Um, it's good to have a healthy background, but it, that visibility towards the future um, is what gives me confidence that I can do it or I can do it again like I've done before. And I have the answers. I just have to go back and remind myself of the basics and, and pull them back out again. Well, you said a phrase back there when you said manage your business. And I thought, you know, that's actually a really loaded term. Because I, I remember going through this transition myself, and I, I see a lot of owners go through it as well. And it's almost this idea of, well, I just wish things could be like they used to be. And maybe this is like pre-COVID for some owners, right? We were busy, we were doing projects, we were creating great work. Everything seemed good, even though it wasn't as good as you remember. Uh, and there's that sense of, well, if I could just get back to that. But what we know is that a creative firm is always evolving. It's always growing. It's always changing. And so to a certain extent, you can never go home again. You can never go back to, to that. And the way forward often is managing your business. What does it mean for you to manage your business? And a lot of creatives, gals and guys will say, yeah, but uh, that's, that's hard. And that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. And I guess my, my question would be, well, if you want to move forward and, and you're going to have to continue learning and growing. And if that doesn't excite you, then you probably ought to get out now because this journey is all about learning and growing and learning and growing. So it's like, I can, I can, I can sympathize with them for those owners. Cause I remember what it was like. Oh, I remember when we were just eight people and we were so scrappy and it was so cool. And now we're 15 or we're 20 people and gosh, I miss those old days. Well, they're not, they're not coming back and managing that business that's larger and more sophisticated it means growing and evolving as, as an owner and, and saying, you know, maybe I'm not going to just be the creative anymore. Maybe I'm going to be the business owner. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so true. And, and it doesn't have, your business doesn't have to grow in order to be sophisticated. It doesn't have to be big, right. but um, there's definitely more often than not, I'll say in the last two, three months that I've had to really challenge people to not be the buggy whip company to not recognize the change and the opportunity and realize transportation has changed beyond horse and buggy into a new opportunity. But yours, that opportunity allows you to do something else with it. And, and then the reality check, which I think needs some reconciliation inside of people of like, you're not gonna go home again. Like that home doesn't exist anymore. You've actually graduated beyond, beyond those days and you have to move into those moments. Well, do you um, remember that podcast I did uh, with David Schwartz from uh, Hush? And I remember him saying this line that really inspired me. And that was, he talked about how as his business evolved and grew, and to your point, not necessarily size, growing can mean a number of things. But he talked about, you know, I, I realized that my business and managing it and running it was actually the most interesting project of all. And I thought, whoa. That's such a cool idea. Your business is a project. And, you know, Josh uh, at Big Star, he talked about the same thing. I remember Ryan at Spilt 
Uh, he had a similar story. All these different owners who realized, okay, it may not necessarily be what I envisioned when I started, but now that I'm here, this is actually pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I think I love that part of business ownership where um, it's the surprise of who you've become after many years of doing it. And, um, you know, if, especially the people that have a good solid foundation getting into that business, they're making decisions on behalf of others and they appreciate and take on that responsibility. Well, it's the, it's the selfish business owners that often burn themselves out. Um, there's not a lot of reward for them and they're often just counting dollars or something like that number of projects or number of wins. Um, but there's that, there's this, um, perspective that you could have and change as a business owner. Uh, Simon Sinek's latest book talks about the infinite game instead of the finite game. So like the finite game would say, I beat you, I beat you on this project. And as if there was a finish line, the infinite person goes, yeah, okay. And they just like, that's just one of so many, like infinity of projects that doesn't, we'll see, we'll get another one. And your, your why-ness behind and your, your joy of doing something is, is so great. Um, there is what I, there is a maturity too in business ownership where you get visibility of what it means differently. You know, I've captured that in the four stages of the creative career, just to give people some perspective of how maturity works throughout your career. And that those first few stages that you are really just becoming your own and becoming strong and successful as an individual, but then what it means to convert that to, to make the community stronger, make the industry stronger, uh, building up other people, and then how scale works on your behalf because other people will come alongside you very easily when you, when you care about them. So here's a question I'm going to ask that's very practical uh, for those listening. And they're like, okay, that's interesting. That's all very <laughs> inspirational. I can relate or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's, what would, uh, if my question was, well, where does an owner start? If we're maybe creating an itch that they're wondering, okay, now how do I, how do I scratch this? What is starting to get to gain visibility look like? Where should they begin in that process? Yeah, I mean, I would go, let's get some basics, right? Uh, read a book, ask a question, get a mentor, um, make friends with other business owners. So that number one, you're getting out of your own head and you're listening to the world around you and not imagining what it's like. I think uh, many people are surprised of the reality of business ownership is different than what it looks like from when you're not a business owner. And then when you become one, the reality is so, so, so much different. So to get some sense of normals, um, kind of practices and procedures from other people, um, that's great. I also think like hire well, you know, get people that are successful at doing a job, let them bring their influence into your business and learn from, learn from the people that you are bringing alongside you on your team. Um, listen to your clients, let them challenge you. Even when things aren't going so well, let them kind of beat you up a little bit and push you for, forward and give you those notes. And don't be the, the pompous one that thinks that they know better than their client every time. There's a lot to be learned on a lot of fronts here. Um, and then last, like, you know, I love the idea of what you can do for other people. Um, you probably have employees that need advancement and thought and growth. Um, you probably have family members that um, can learn from your vantage point and you can pass it on to them. 
I know there are schools, uh, many of our clients, we encourage them to do speaking engagements or lecture series or, or write things so that other students could, could come on board. I think about the success of Chris Doe and what he's doing um, and his market really is those uh, younger creative entrepreneurs that are trying to figure things out and, and what a great service he does. Um, many people are still in need of those, those voices in that marketplace. And you as a business owner or, you know, uh, contributor in this industry have plenty to pass on to others. Um, that's just a sm small laundry list. I'm sure I can think of a hundred more things to do. Um, <laughs> well, here, let me, love, let, me, um, let me bring it even back, back to be even more practical in terms of where the rubber meets the road. Like right now, if, if an owner is saying, well, I'm looking at my last month's P&L <laughs> or I'm looking at my last month's balance sheet and I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do with this. I don't see much, but yet I've got to make decisions about, do I hire this person? Do I let go of this office lease? Uh, do I make this investment? Do I finally give myself a raise? Um, how, 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 how do they make some of those decisions in the short term, knowing that they're serving the long term of where they ultimately want to go and to take their team and their community. Yeah, the, you know the, those reports that you just listed off. It's interesting. We we're right now in the process of doing quarterly reviews with our clients. That's when we take the factors method that we work out and help them adjust the splits that they need to. And we look back at data just to kind of go against our expectations and, and see where they are. And we can see patterns year over year, but. Quite obviously, you know, Q3 of 2018, Q3 of 2019, and then Q3 of 2020, it doesn't matter what's happened in the past. This is, a, this is a totally different world. So some of that data that people have, it might be accurate, but it's not always good. Um, you know, your P&L is accurate, good for tax reasons, but is it good data? Can, can you project what's going to happen and make decisions and get out of your own head and, and, get, and open up your imagination? You have to have good data that helps you look forward. Um, you know, the roll-up, the cash board, the factors report, um, a lot of the stuff that we do, or your, your pipe drive, asks what's out there. Just tell me what's out there. Then we can imagine how to get what's out there in here, process it, and make a profit. But if I only look backwards at what was, and I can't look for what's, what the possibilities are, I'm not going anywhere anyway. And I'm really at the mercy of someone else to hand that stuff over. So you have to have good data that can give you that visibility. Well, I'm thinking of the moment when uh, I'll give my version of, I remember, you know, getting a monthly P&L for what happened last month. And let's just say, okay, we brought in $300,000 and here's the bottom line. We made a few dollars or we lost it a little or whatever. And then your bookkeeper says, okay, do it again. And I would always have this sense of, this is not predictive at all. I mean, other than some <laughs> of our fixed expenses, you know, like rent. Yeah. Other than that, that is nothing that I can do anything with. And then they would be like, well, here's what you did in the month ahead. Here's what you did last year for the month ahead. And I would say, well, that's even worse. <laughs> that's a year old. I mean, we don't even have those clients anymore. How is this helpful? Yeah. Right. Um, but I think to your point, it's, it's amazing how once you take a different mindset and you 
do start to look ahead and you say, well, what are the needs? What are the opportunities? And can we even pencil in some things? It's almost that beginning of proactivity of, well, if we could start to envision something and all look at the same report and say, huh, what do we think of that? Can we create that future or do we want to create something different? Now there's a method that starts to unfold. Yeah, I must think we should put in the, um, the podcast notes here, a link to the daily briefing session we did where you show people the opportunity matrix. Because mm. even that within itself is a really basic tool, but you're asking a very different question about your clients and, and the probability of working with them and what a win is by working with them than just simply looking at, I don't know, some like roster of projects your rep is giving you. That doesn't necessarily give you visibility in making a decision or having an assessment of what's out there and how healthy you can be as a business. Um, but I do think that that gives you that surge. Like you might wake up in the morning um, and not be so afraid or not be so dragged down or stuck in your own mind um, and wanna get back to work where you're looking at an opportunity matrix that says, wait, that's what's out there? That that's what's possible to do within my business. Oh, that's why I started this business. And I want these team members to succeed. Let's, let's gather them together, you know, this week and, and have a meeting about how we're going to take out, take advantage of these opportunities that are sitting out there on the horizon and creative ways we can reach out and do things. Um, those yeah, are all possible reminder. ways of uh, turning that, that frown upside down. Well, the, in the South, uh, there's this expression that's kind of a double negative, but it, when you say it, it makes sense. And that is just because you don't know everything doesn't mean you don't know nothing. Uh, and I think we talked about that in, in that daily briefing about the opportunity matrix. And then of course we went much deeper inside of revolve, but I, you know, what I think I, I sensed was that that group of owners that did that deeper dive, they realized, Oh, I actually, I do have information and there actually is a way to look at it in a way that's ordered, structured so that I can make decisions. And that's really all I want is I just want to make decisions and not feel like I'm the only one who doesn't have enough information, but I have to decide. And here I am again, woe is me. And I think a lot of people derive a lot of uh, empowerment from that. And I, I, you know, I'm the last person to swear by, uh, you know, spreadsheets and data and all that sort of stuff. I, I like to sort of go from the hip and you know, I'm sort of that classic sales biz dev. Yeah, guy, you do. Right. <laughs> but yes. I, I, you know, I've, I, you know, in all, in all fairness, I've learned and grown so much in my perspective and have so much appreciation now for, wait, there actually is a method, even to the person who resists numbers and spreadsheets and data. What's interesting is the method is still there. It's just in your head. So the more you can get it out of your head and others can collaborate around it. Now you're managing your business. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you, it doesn't feel lonely too once it gets out of your head. If you can see your thoughts in a way, it help definitely helps pull it out, pull it out of you. And um, that responsibility feeling you have, you can get down to the basics again. I think um, the the domino effect of the what ifs. Well, what if I don't get this job? Then what if this happens? And what if that? And you can. And so when you make a decision, you can be so many channels down the road than the current reality. And by, by simply resetting on a regular routine, having someone from the outside processing with you, um, listening through what the issues are and just reminding you what those basics are, 
um, sure does help. It really, there's something about the, the coach in life that can really kind of help you have that outside perspective that come alongside you and their goal is to make you successful. Um, yeah, there's one a, a beautiful relationship. <laughs> well, there was a little incident that happened this past week where one of our clients that's running uh, the creative firm operating system, uh, they've been only doing, doing it for a few months. Um, but I remember I heard about an opportunity that I thought they should pursue. And they said, oh, okay, we need to reach out. We need to create some sort of a presentation. And what they found so encouraging was I wasn't just coming in and commenting in a vacuum, I was actually able to see, here's where they're, here's where all their projects are, here's what their cash board looks like, here's when they run out of money, what have you. And so now I had all this context that, again, I think felt them, helped them feel a lot less alone. Like, oh, I'm so, I, I feel understood. Uh, Joel sees this and Tim sees it and the, Tim, uh, the, uh, the RevThink team sees this. So then I was able to give them some very simple practical advice based on where they are and the few weeks ahead and what decisions need to be made. And to that, I think they just found that very encouraging. Yeah. A lot of fun. It, it definitely, um, you just want someone that understands you. I think that goes back to my original question, you know, have you, do you ever feel that way um, about not wanting to be the business owner? I think uh, it comes down to the core of like, does anyone understand what I'm going through? Is there anyone that is processing the level I have? And when often when, you've, when you're in your own bubble and you don't know if anyone else is out there doing it, um, there's not a lot of energy in sharing it. There's not a lot of opportunity there is to, um, to encourage others. Um, yeah, you could, it's, hard to, it's hard to wake up and walk the 100 feet to your desk because you can't even go to the office anymore, 100 feet to your desk and, and do the next Zoom call where it just feels like the same um, lame routine you've been doing week after week after week. So. Well, I'll say I, I threw that original question out there because I just wanted to put you to the test. I know that there are people out there that, I mean, again, 20 years, Joel, 20 years is a long time. That's a lot of days that you had to wake up and drive an hour and a half to work and, you know, many client decisions. And, you know, we've heard the story of losing guerrilla clients. There had to be days that you uh, didn't want to do it. So I just think oh, it's, it's nice funny. for you to share. Well, I think the, you know, the question in a way stumped me because it's somewhat of PTSD, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, to actually, right. To actually go back to some of those moments. It's like, uh, yeah. Like when you, yeah. When you lose a gorilla client, that's 40, 50, 60% of your business. And you know, the next year of your life just got completely turned upside down. You do not want to, you know, call your spouse. You don't want to call your team together and have those conversations but you have to, and it's part of growing up and maturing and evolving and guess what? Learning and growing again. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, uh, wrap up with this thought too. There, the, the crisis at hand is not anyone's fault. They didn't, they couldn't have seen it through. There, there was nothing that they, that they were doing that could have been improved. And a lot of people are telling me now that the starting of start 2020, you know, they were landing clients, and had more in their in their production pipeline than they've had ever. So the greatest year possible. They get three months into it, and it gets taken from them. There are still people kind of dealing with that loss. But you're right. Like it's it's the thought of like, well, what is the next action that creates the next motion? And uh, the minute you 
take it, take responsibility for the next action, then momentum and motion will begin again. And that means calling your team together and, and dealing with reality and making those, those decisions. That's the first thing you need to do to start feeling better. If you delay that and delay it, delay it, all you're doing is prolonging that opportunity and that growth. <laughs>